Okay, welcome to another edition of the Culture Class Podcast, the podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds and get to learn about other cultures. Uh, my name is Nosa, and welcome to another episode. Today, I have uh, a friend on the show. I mean, I always have a friend on the show, but um, welcome, Rachel Saul. How is it going? Good, good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. And I appreciate you coming on the pod. I know you have so much going on in between uh, work and other extracurricular. So thank you for, for making time out for me on the, on the Monday evening. Of course. I'm, I'm honored to be invited. Nice, nice. What do you typically do if uh, you're not recording a podcast and, uh, you know, doing other great stuff? What does your, <laughs> your, your, your non-work related life typically look like? Yeah, um, I play soccer on Tuesday and Thursday, and now I'm playing volleyball on Wednesday. Um, and yeah, I love like it's summer, so I'm trying to stay stay busy and be outside. And uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Those are my extracurriculars right now during the week. Nah, I can respect that as a Nigerian. You know, when, when you told me that you play soccer, I'm like you do. That's impressive, <laughs> especially <laughs> anyone who still continues to play soccer after 25 is impressive. I used to play a little bit back in college, but then I I think I oh, blew out I blew out like my my right knee. Oh. Was it the right or the left one or something? Did you tear your ACL? No, I, you know what? I'm not sure because this was mm. back in Nigeria and you know, sports medicine isn't you know all the way advanced i probably would have checked it out i know i did go to a doctor years later to try to check Mm. it out but the doctor told me it wasn't as bad and if he goes in now i'll have to keep coming back every five years to to get it checked or whatever but i i can just wait till i'm like late 40s or mid 50s and just get it done then because it wasn't as bad and i'm still young and i don't want to you know, com- commit to come to see a doctor every five years or something. That's what he told me, but I didn't get a second well, opinion, but I don't know. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm always about the second opinion, but yeah, I do think, I mean, at least in the States, doctors are like knife happy. So it, I, it, Hey, if you're not like in pain and you can mm-hmm. feel okay for now, like maybe you are young, so maybe it can heal. But <laughs> she yeah, said, she said, maybe I am young. I, I, I'm secretly no, yeah, disguising as a, yeah, a six-year-old yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said, you are young, so maybe it can heal on its own. Is what I meant. And by the way, I think we have like probably the same birth year, so we're the same age. So if if you're old, then I'm old. So fun. yeah, yeah, we we all old. <laughs> no, so, no, so can I can I cuss on the can I cuss yeah, on the podcast? Yeah, sure, you can. Are you sure? Okay, because yeah, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to degrade the. The level of sophistication. Sophistication? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, no. Some people find the cuss words to be trashy. And if you want to keep a certain brand of high class, I don't want to bring it down. No, you're good. You're good. You can cuss. Right. I mean, that's beauty about podcasts. Like, this isn't television. Like, even on television, that's like, true. I think when we're much younger, there are, there are so many things I couldn't see on TV. But right now, I hear some words on TV. I'm like, when did they start saying that? You know, <laughs> type thing. So it's funny yeah. what they bleep out. But yeah, just uh, not to keep us on this topic, but I will. I'm really glad I got into soccer because, as someone who I believe like you loves cultures and it's the best 
international sport in my opinion so facts facts yeah Uh, called football not soccer yeah (laughs) football i mean yeah exactly yeah yeah and you know shout out to messi as well i think over the weekend just scored his first goal for inter miami so you know he's about to light the whole mls on fire so shout out to him i'm excited Uh, for him that's my man yeah Yeah, yeah, and uh, if any C. Ronaldo fans are listening, it, that was Rachel talking, not Nusa, so you guys can, <laughs> you guys can yeah. go. I, li- I lived in Argentina, so I'm definitely a Messi fan. Yeah, all right, let's, let's touch on some of the culture stuff, like, and, you know, this yeah. is why I, I wanted to even have you on the podcast, because, you know, you're very well internationally traveled, you know, you live in Argentina, you just came back from Morocco, like, two weeks ago. Um, yes. You've lived in Egypt. You've done all these things. Um, let's I talk didn't about- live. I didn't live in Egypt, but I've visited. Oh, you you visited Egypt. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Let, let's first touch on your most recent trip. You just came back from Morocco, and from what I can gather, you went there for a wedding. So, how was that like for you? It was great. Um, one of my best friends from college. She is Moroccan. She grew up in Rabat. Um, a lot of um my friends from college were international mostly um from uh north africa um and like but most of them were arab um from the arab lands <laughs> so from all over morocco egypt saudi palestine um But anyways, uh, she told us when we were like 18, she was like, I'm going to get married in Morocco. So start saving now. And, oh, wow. Um, yeah. She, she, she was single telling us. Then, right. Yeah. Yeah. She was single telling us that. So, um, yeah, like as an 18 year old. So now what? She's 32. She found this guy in New York. He's a cool guy named Phil. So they did the whole thing over there. He, he had to convert to Islam. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a cool guy. So I'm really happy for her. Um, but yeah, it was, awesome. it was great. It was great. That's awesome. What are some of the intricacies? And th- this is not your first time on the continent. You had previously gone to visit Egypt before, but I guess this is your first Moroccan wedding, if I can assume. So what Actually, were some of the... Yeah, no, I, I feel so privileged saying this, but like, so this girl, Maria, I visited her once before. You mm-hmm. like over 10 years ago, she was like, Hey, if you can get a flight to Morocco, like you can stay with me and we'll feed you. And, and oh, nice, you know, that's oh, your wait, only she lives over there. No, she lives in New York. So, like, okay, she was born and raised in Morocco, came to college when she was 18 in DC. Mm-hmm. After college, moved to New York. She hasn't left uh, the States. She stayed in and on the East Coast, right? Uh, since, but like, she goes home to visit over the summers and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, 2012, she was like, hey, if you, I'm going home for like several months, like if you want to come through, you know, we got you, if you could, you just got to cover the flight, and I was like, all right, I, I can do it, let's do it, Um, so randomly, like 24 hours after getting to Morocco, they had a wedding they were going to, Maria and her family, and they're like, hey, you can just come with us, so Her mom gave me like um, a kaftan, which is the traditional dress women wear at the weddings there. And um, yeah, what I remember was it <laughs> being really tired because I was jet lagged, but also like the main course wasn't until 3 a.m. 
I was talking falling about asleep. food now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I we definitely had some like appetizers before, but like I just remember the main food being at 3 a.m. and I was mm-hmm. so tired and trying not to be rude, like fall, and there was no alcohol, so I was mm-hmm. struggling. I was struggling. But um, and yeah, not the tip like and here, you know, a wedding is like dancing um, and drinking. And that is you there. You can dance a little bit, but the dancing would be like around the bride. It's not not the dancing in the form of like a open dance floor type thing. Yeah, it's it's all about like um, revering the bride. So, yeah, that's Mm. like because she had the bride has like three outfit changes and she goes on this like um pedestal I'm not sure they're the perfect word for it but where like mm-hmm. four people are holding her up on this like pedestal and it and it's like all very beautiful but it's very much I'm laughing because like, I'm having memories of doing this for my friend and she's like the queen of the party and and you know you're all just kind of paying your respects to how how beautiful she is and how how great she is Nice, nice. Now that, that sounds like uh because I went to a Sudanese wedding um mm-hmm. here in Colorado um a year ago, a year and a half ago. And okay. you know, it was kind of like the same thing. You know, I, I got there, I, I was first like kind of surprised, like, why is it starting so late in the evening? So I got there like six, stayed there to like 10, 11 p.m. and and stuff hasn't still like started all the way. I think the bride hadn't come out, but the groom had come out. And it was almost midnight, so I was like, man, <laughs> like, you know, uh, <laughs> hopefully we could, you know, the main course we could eat before as we're waiting, though. And, you know, it was just like the, the groom went round and the groomsman kind of like carried him on the shoulder, kind of like sporting events, like when you score a goal or something. Uh-huh. On the shoulder, but I didn't stay to kind of like uh, wait for the bride, unfortunately, because I think I, I left like right around like midnight or something um but yeah, i could see some similarities between mm. there but that, that's very interesting yeah. um what made you so open to international cultures like in college you, you had friends from from all these places you're actually traveling to to visit them be in touch uh living in places like argentina like how did you grow up that made that you think uh made you so curious about international culture that's a great question because like I was probably like 17 when I or 18 when I was like I want to go to DC because of how international is and I want to go to American University in DC because their program for international studies was really good so now the great question maybe if I had to like psychoanalyze myself because I've thought about it before as a kid I went to like before preschool I went to daycare at the Jacksonville Jewish Center. So I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, very much the South. And there's a pretty like close-knit Jewish community there. And so, yeah, I'm Jewish. And it was important for my dad to send me to a Jewish like um, elementary school. So anyways, I bring that up because half my day, essentially it's a bilingual school. So half my day was studying Hebrew as a language and uh, religious studies. And um, it's a, it was a, it's the Jacksonville Jewish Center. It's like a synagogue connected to a school a called school. Solomon. Yeah, it's Solomon Schechter Day Schools, which actually is like a chain of conservative Jewish schools, conservative kind of being like a sect of uh, Judaism in the States, if you will. And anyways, I think, 
starting really young, I understood the idea of people being foreign. Like my all my teachers for the for the Jewish Hebrew language part were Israeli. They were teaching us very young about like world affairs, right? Um, specifically like the Holocaust and then like Israel, kind of like they're definitely a Zionist education, which uh, involves kind of this worldview, I guess, and world history. And, and then like, yeah, within the Jewish community, there's people from other places. Um, uh, yeah, like I think it was the, maybe a seed was planted there of like learning two languages and how cool that could be. And then, and then probably just like events throughout my life that I always was learning about where other people come from in different languages. And yeah, I mean, to this day, it's like the thing I get most excited about. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. nice. And, and, you know, I can, I can relate a little bit, maybe not on the religious aspect, but just um, growing up curious just by virtue of what you're exposed to. Uh, Cause I can remember uh, growing up and my dad making us watch National Geographic, which wasn't really typical or even popular in, in Nigeria in the late 90s. And uh, just by virtue of us being a military family, moving all over the place within the country of Nigeria and getting to experience different people and going to boarding school and meeting people from different parts of the country and eventually, like, you know, traveling for grad school and, and going to D.C. and all these things like you don't know what is being implanted into you, but you're not the only, I, you have siblings, right? Did everyone tow your path to really dig deep into like getting to know more about international cultures? What would you say for Rachel specifically yeah. uh, sparked your curiosity? Cause maybe your other siblings are not traveling like you are and exploring like you are type of thing. For sure. Yeah. Like I have three siblings, two of them are like way older and are half siblings. So out of those three, like one of them had a similar path, the, the eldest actually, his name's Jacob or Yaakov. Um, he, he, he was like, like probably even traveled more than me arguably. And probably was a bit, he went all over too. He actually was, when I got back from Morocco, I asked him about it. He went to Morocco himself in like 93. Mm. Um, so he's a lot older than me, maybe like in his fifties, definitely. So I had this kind of life-changing event of like fifth grade going to sixth grade of like my best friends that I knew since I was a baby went left the Jewish school and went to public school um you know kind of was that a logical year of like um going into middle school they started in the public school system so mm -hmm. um whereas my parents like kept me at that Jewish school is that my whole life and that school like ended at seventh grade. So, but anyways, so like sixth grade, like life sucked, right? Cause like all my friends left me here. I am stuck with this like tiny class of kids that like I'd known since I was two and like, wasn't, those weren't the homies. Right. right. So I made it my life's mission of like, I've got to join my friends. Um, mm. uh, it, it's, you know, what I figured out I, I basically did that on my own. I figured out like how to how to get into this school called Darnell Cookman Middle School. And it's um, part of this magnet program, which based in Jacksonville, what that means is it's a, it's a public school. It is not a charter school, it's public, but um, you get in based on like a lottery system. And so 
it, it's not a neighborhood school and that anyone from the city of Jacksonville can attend, but you mm. have to get in. And then once you're in, you like can feed into the magnet high schools. And so these schools are better academically. And it's cool because this gets us back to diversity and culture. I swear I'm looping back. It's very like uh, diverse. You know, there's kids from all over Jacksonville. And it's kind of nice because the idea is like, but they care a little bit more about their education than the average. Right. Maybe because my neighborhood school, it wasn't that great academically. But anyways, when I got it, so essentially I made it my life's work. Like, let's get me out of this Jewish school. I did it. I had to bargain with my dad for it, like um, to study Torah with him like once a week. <laughs> mm, and Torah, that's a Jewish religious text, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. It's like the book. So right. that didn't last. But the point is I got, I got, I made it. I made it to public school in seventh nice. grade. And I guess I'm circling. I want to say that to your original question of like what makes me different than my siblings, like that exact path of like, wanting to to go into the real world if you will and like mm-hmm. um, leave that sheltered environment as soon as possible mm-hmm. um, and then once I got there luckily I was I had like a crew of people waiting for me that introduced me to everybody and that was like very much culture shock and I was it was a very positive experience of like oh wow I've been missing out like this is the world like right I was <laughs> like I only like hung out with Jewish people really besides like soccer practice and like you know some people here and there well you you were pretty intentional about that and being so young as well it's admirable did you end up getting into a a magnet school or for high school yeah because once you're in the system you're good to go so oh nice um I got into I didn't get into the lottery so then I had to I figured out that if you could get tested for gifted and if you're gifted then you can get in so I went through all that whatever yeah I got in there and uh had seventh it's and eighth not grade whatever this is Rachel's way not to brag to say <laughs> she's super smart no no I think not. I feel that it's like such an awkward thing like yeah yeah I gifted I, I always like have a <laughs> I always have a doubt I think it's like bullshit honestly it's just a way for the state of Florida to like I think actually it's not bull- like whatever like they're probably giving schools more money I know that right. you get the school gets paid more from um the state if I'm not mistaken for every gifted kid but it it was a gross divide, to be honest. Like, like <laughs> our teachers are kind of gross about it. They're like, don't hang out with the normal kids. I'm like, I'm like yo, those are my <laughs> friends, dude. I'm All like, right. I don't even know if I passed this test. It was some Jewish lady that tested me too, coincidentally. So I was like, All did right. I even pass? Or was she just like hooking me you up? Passed. I don't even know. You I'm per- <laughs> no, yeah. It was it was tight though. It was tight. Um, but yeah. mainly, mainly Nosa, like um anyways I digress so yeah <laughs> no I mean you wanted to to be back with your friends uh you are so young but you wanted to yeah. kind of like break out you grew up in Jacksonville Florida but maybe Jacksonville Florida wasn't the typical Jacksonville Florida because you were sheltered because you're your yeah it's just so into and, this religion thing that all your schooling and everything was based around you being yeah. Jewish and, and I wasn't like I was sheltered but not in this like just because that was my community like Mm-hmm. I would still be out and about. And so Jacksonville is a pretty diverse city. Um, now we like maybe almost have a million people, but I think it's like 40% African-American. Um, mm-hmm. Last time I checked the demographics or had my friend check to work for the city. 
which is and then like a lot of um like arab christians a lot mm-hmm. of filipinos and so it's a pretty diverse place so like especially i feel like growing up it's early 2000s it's like 2002 and i feel like i'm watching like i'm watching like bet and stuff and like and specifically ha- getting to have like black friends for my first time was really really important to me um because it's like this it's a culture that that you see that you grew up with even if you're even if you're in like a segregated neighborhood or going to your only white school or whatever you still are aware of that mm-hmm. and I think it I think um it that was important to me too I, I never had I never had anyone that I never had non-Jewish or non-white friends really so so that was that was important I I, I knew that wasn't the real life and right as as we agree different cultures can teach you different ways of seeing the world and um I just think it's like increasing your intelligence to be able to see Facts. how other people see stuff that maybe you haven't seen just because you're only hanging out with the same people. <laughs> Facts. And, you know, lucky for you, you did it when you were much younger. Like some people don't get to even like till they're married or something. They don't even get to, you know, the world yeah. is such a big place out there. And let yeah. me just chip in to say like the U.S. educational system is so weird like, mm. I, I don't know, I keep asking, like, if, if I have kids in this country, will will they go to high school here or will I send them back to high school in Nigeria? I don't know. Mm. But, you know, this whole thing about, you know, you can only go to a school within your neighborhood or zip code or, you know, mm. charter schools versus this and like school programs and like corruption with the educational system is like. It's a whole thing. Like, I think, like, oh, yeah, it, the high school system is just so complicated and it shouldn't be that complicated. It's, but, yeah. you know, this is me as an immigrant talking. I didn't go to high school here. So it's not, you know, university starts getting a little complicated where I'm from, but no one, like, it's not that yeah. complicated for high school, you know? Yeah. I mean, and to that point, like, no, so like, so it's like not just who was at my school, but where the school is located. So it's uh, both Darnell and the, all the magnet schools in Jackson are like in low income, mostly black neighborhoods. So it's really interesting. And I don't I think that was done like strategically. And I'm, I, I don't want to speak to that because I know there's a whole history involved of why Duval County decided to put those schools or turn those neighborhood schools into magnet schools. But but yeah, that makes it extra like the I guess the culture shock or the like even more even more interesting like we would have like code blues and code reds of like drive-bys and so yeah like not the most safe neighborhoods and stuff like that like right but you're you're bringing kids from all over the city there um or just the weirdness of like walking around the neighborhood and like like people know you're not from the neighborhood but they know you're going to that school but um yeah not weird but it was fine it was like yeah. I, I can imagine because my my connection to Jacksonville, Florida is through uh, entertainment, like music and comedy, like Lil Duval, I think is from Duval. Oh, Lil Duval is hilarious. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> of course he is. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Fulio and all these people from, from Jacksonville who are Ooh, like who? rappers. Fulio. Um, Fulio? I don't even know him. Yeah, it's more recent. It's it's not when you were growing up. It's like more like a year ago, two years ago. A couple of rappers who were involved in kind of like uh not drill music but like a little music where they go back and forth uh where you know they 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 
they do stuff outside the music and then put it in the music and put it that way. Cool. Um, Is it Julio yeah. Fulio? Yeah, it's like fu- actual Fulio. It sounds like Julio, but it's, it's Fulio with an F. Like full, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. yeah. You should oh, check oh. out this guy named Yuno. He's not a rapper, but I'll send him to you later. He's from Jackson. He's cool. Okay. What type of music do you listen to, Rachel? <laughs> I love... Um, I, w- I would say I like like most music, but metal. But like, let's say that's like sounds so mean to m- the metal heads out there. Love you guys. It's not for me. Oh, you said most music, but metal. I thought you. I said don't like metal. metal. I like oh. that's is one of the ones I just really can't get behind. Um, right, right, right. <laughs> I like a lot of I like a lot of hip hop historically, um, and then shoot, I definitely have gone through my like alternative rock indie phases or just appreciation. I like. Now a lot of Latin music because I love um, speaking Spanish. Um, mm. I like to dance, so I mean like reggaeton, shoot, anything you can dance for, I'm down. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, anything. You, I love the Afro beats, Nosa. Holy shit, I like it okay. all. Okay, oh, did I you like just mention Afro beats? I'm sure everyone's ear that's listening to this podcast just lit up. So you have to tell us. <laughs> You have to what tell do us I like artists, uh, exactly pop pop can I like me some pop can um okay pop can Jamaican okay is he Jamaican okay yeah, yeah I, I, Jamaican. I know shit he, I gotta get I'm like looking through my put you on the spot right okay. yeah yeah you need a you need a like let's see so yeah it's soccer I might have mentioned this to you like we got basically got Latino refs and we got African refs and so it's cool because when I got the Latino ref he'll play some Spanish music some mm. You know, he, they were playing Bad Bunny, but I feel like he's a little played out right now. And then they'll put me on a new stuff. But then when I get the African rep, I get some Afro beats. And I get, right. I'm, all, I'm always like shazamming in the corner trying to play it cool. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll put you on to, I mean, since, since you you said you also listen to like alternative and you had that phase, I can put you to, on to some Afro beat songs after the interview. Uh, yeah. No, it sounded a little alternative, maybe like Omale, uh, Adekunle Gold uh Tiwa Savage I'll send you some 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 artists and you can check out their music uh, you'll Please. probably gravitate towards those or, or maybe low hanging fruit type thing yeah please yeah, yeah and then living in Colorado I've acquired the taste for um a lot more electronic music yeah like um truly any, truly anything universal. That's good. yeah <laughs> go- I like anything funky groovy um, I, like I said, like if, if I like feel good, but then again, right. I love sad music too. Got it. Got it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> let, let me ask you this. So you, you've done all these things and, and you said you, you, you made a deliberate effort to like have, you, you know, friends that didn't look like you and, you know, just try to go out there in the real world. Right. When doing that, like, that's not all the way easy. Right. Why there are some cultures that you know, might be more accommodating than others that, oh, you know, anyone who's curious, who's genuine about learning stuff, they bring you in, they teach you um, things like that. Maybe some others, not so much, but regardless of how accommodating uh, some cultures are over another, that there are still risks of, you know, in, I don't want to say invading a space, but going into Mm. a space and, making it seem like maybe you don't mean it but you know there might be situations where maybe you see say things that disrespectful for instance but because those aren't done in that culture or even borderline you know 
some some racial issues you're not aware of or, or things mm-hmm. like that. And you come off as, oh, who's this XXX just trying to come here? Did you have any of those maybe while living in Argentina or rolling with the friends you were talking about or, or stuff like that? What's one awkward moment uh, that you maybe had in that regard? Mm. Damn, dude, I could bring you back to like the the original moment. I think most white people in this country are going to are just say some ignorant shit, right? Um, my, and I think it's good to talk about because you don't want these, there is that like, um, it, it's as part of being human, right? You fuck up and you learn from your mistakes and you try to do better. Living today, I think people get so, like when I moved to DC, I remember like feeling like people like this walking on eggshells kind of thing. And I, I felt like, I I think people should never um, feel so like afraid that they can't just say what they're thinking or whatever. So that then that then they might say something offensive, but then they can learn from it versus just being so afraid and not talking. So you're not going to learn. And I hope that makes sense. But to that point, Growing up in Jacksonville, um, in my in that first year of public school, whatever, you know, kids are are fucking mean. You're in middle school, and like, I remember some of my black classmates like saying to another black classmate, who perhaps was on the more academic, less cool side of things, um, well, nerdier maybe, like, your an Oreo and like have you ever heard this term probably more heavily used in the early 2000s yeah black on the outside white on the inside mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that was like this concept right that like oh like someone's that I would like learned like someone's blackness can be attributed to like how they speak or, or how they act. And so like, I took that information and I like, I might've been 16, maybe 15, maybe 16. And I was hanging out with my brother and his friend who was black. And I said some, I didn't say like, you're an Oreo. Oreo. I said like, it was something along the lines of like, oh, well, you're not black, you're brown. And what I was trying to say was like, you're not this exact stereotype of a black person. And um, so what I didn't know was like how, how fucked up that was. I didn't know. Mm. And um, my brother, this is like the coolest brother move um, forever respect this man for it. Who's three and a half years older than me. He didn't like, thank God. I'm trying to remember my brother's friend's name right now but I I can't get it it was so long ago like I don't remember him being offended um and and like no one like called me out in the moment but like a little bit later my brother was like hey like when we are alone he was like let me break down to you like why what you said wasn't cool and I know you didn't mean it uh I didn't know you I know you weren't trying to be like offensive or, or uncool but like think about what you're saying um, who are you to tell someone like <laughs> to take to take their cultural identity away from them? He is a black man, Rachel. Like, right. And and um, you can't, uh, you know, just think about and you got to be 
And I might've said something like, well, the kids at school are saying, and he's like, yeah, but you gotta be better than that. Right. Um, and he, he definitely inserted like as a Jew, especially, you know, you're a white person, but like, you gotta especially understand how this shit works. Like, right. How, and so, I mean, that's just one of the examples of me, like kind of fucking up, but, um, I would say, I'm not sure if that's what you asked for, but yeah. Um, yeah. In no. terms of being in like spaces too, I think I mentioned to you like DC, DC was an intense space sometimes, um, as in terms of like a really segregated city and, but yeah, I don't know. Um, that was, that was like, uh, that was like a really a good brother moment. I'll just, I guess I'll end it there. Right, right. <laughs> I'm no, talking I, a lot now, so you're gonna have to interrupt me if you want to get a word in to, to direct nah, me. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, you're good, and, and thank you for being candid. And shout out to your brother as well for mm. for giving his little sister that lesson. Yeah, uh, I was almost, you know, your brother already told you this, but I almost, I was almost gonna say that, you know, being Jewish and being, you know, descendants of people who were persecuted, like, you know, of course you should understand how that feels, and you know, as kids you know, tend to make that mistake a lot that because someone else um, says it. And even though I didn't grow up in the U.S., like even in Nigeria, there's some form of that called tribalism where, you know, mm-hmm. if you come from a different tribe, some tribes are, are looked at as, you know, less than. And there are certain words that me going to boarding school, kids using, and, and I'm, you know, I had to like make the conscious decision because I'm not from one of the major tribes myself mm-hmm. uh, to say, okay, I understand what being somewhat of a minority is, even though I'm not, uh, you know, minority, minority, but I'm not like majority, majority type right. thing. So you have to kind of like catch yourself and, and put yourself in that position. And and I mm-hmm. think um, if it's all just done with some form of uh, how I put it, like, like respect uh, mm-hmm. people, but people take a lot of things for granted. You know, people mm. tend to like say, oh, what's the big deal? Or everyone uses it or whatever. You right. Know, and that's not the, the the right approach, you know, to 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 come to things like that. And that's why some cultures are not even accommodating it at all. Like if you don't come from this, like don't even like come near us. Like I'm, I'm, you talked about going to a conservative Jewish school. I'm sure me as a, as a, as a, as a Christian or a black Christian, if I want to get into that school, maybe I cannot. Right, right, just because right. of how important it is just based on Jewish history um, for for it to just be about Jewish people for good reason because you know Jewish people have major history there about being prosecuted um, how much was I mean your father seemed like very very deliberate to make you understand like the religious side of things what about the cultural and the historical aspects of being a Jew did you get some of those lectures being younger and say, okay, this is where our people are from. We must make sure we move this way so it doesn't happen again and things like that. Um, did, did you have those types of conversation? Yeah, I mean, there's just like so much pride like instilled just Jewish people who <laughs> we are, I guess. Definitely like um, early education on the Holocaust. My dad made us have Shabbat dinner every Friday night. So like the Sabbath or Shabbat you know, the, dinner. Is that what's yeah. called? Yeah, it's called Shabbat in Hebrew. Um, S-H-A-B-B-A-T. And if you want to say it in Yiddish, it's Shabbos, like S-H-A-B-B-O-S. Um, and it comes, it's a word for, you know, Sabbath, which 
as you likely know, the seventh day where God rested, right? After creating mm-hmm. the world and everything. Which is a Saturday, um, right? Um, Friday night to oh, Saturday Friday night. After sundown to exactly, Saturday. Exactly, exactly. So actually, even though like, yeah, he made a, he was pretty big on like not eating meat and milk together. So like keeping very, like very basic rules of, of kosher. Um, like no swine, no meat and milk together. So my first cheeseburger I ever had in my life was in, in seventh grade in that first year of public school. I got a photo of it. There's like mm. excitement and guilt in my face. Um, Wait, what is the, <laughs> is, is it the cheese that's unclean or what is? No, it's just like, it's written in the Torah. Like you shouldn't have the cow, like the calf with the cow's milk, right? Like, ah. so there, there could so this is like, I think this is something cool about Judaism. There's always like a, have you, have you ever seen Fiddler on the Roof? Oh my God. Can I get any Jew here? What, what on the roof? Fiddler on the Roof. No, I haven't. You haven't? Oh, okay. Well, it's really long, but if you're okay with musicals, this is the second musical I've mentioned. Um, it's a classic. It's a classic, Nessa. I know I'll watch it with you if you want, although it's three hours long. Um, but there. Have you, have you ever heard the song that's like tradition, tradition, tradition? No, no. no have you ever no. heard like matchmaker, matchmaker, make no, me? No, and for context, I moved to the U.S. six years ago. I got you. I might, I might say, not, I might know some things, but not okay. all the, yeah. Anyway, I think it's like one of, you know, anyways, Barbara Streisand like probably made her debut or some shit. Um, yeah, I know but Barbara. The, yeah, Barbara, yeah one of our best and finest uh she basically it's funny because he's talking about all the traditions in jewish culture or, or the religion and then he'll be like why do we do this and he like he's like i don't really fucking know why we do it but yeah so like it is written something about the cow and the calf and don't mix it i think growing up my mom would be like oh it has to do with like don't be gluttonous it could have easily just been a thing that people were getting sick back in the day mm-hmm. um who knows but um i also heard heard there's been like health benefits to not combining dairy and meat yeah i I forgot what your original question oh just like my dad making this or i don't know yeah we definitely had this i had to stay home for friday night dinner so for shabbat dinner when i was like before i got a car i had to stay home which was hard in middle school because everyone would have like sleepovers on friday night Mm -hmm. and i and i never got to go which is like I definitely hated it at the time, but now I'm, it was a good tradition. But yeah, you sit down and you, you say some prayers and, and you eat and then you say another prayer after if people don't get too drunk. And um, the prayer after is my favorite one because it's very like um, the tunes, the tunes are good. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the, and yeah, from what I, just from popular culture, Jewish prayer when, kids are learning to pray it's it's kind of like almost like a a song and i hope i'm not saying that you know disrespectfully but no no it's it's like being yeah and and for the last three years my barber has been jewish and when when i moved to colorado i first lived in glendale which is kind of like a pseudo jewish community kind of and you know that was the first time i went to a a king supers like a grocery store and it was like a kosher grocery store they had kosher items because it was in a jewish community and i got 
lectured about the Erev, which is this line around the neighborhood, kind of yeah. like on, on flagpoles and like telephone, not telephone poles, like street light poles around the neighborhood. And it's supposed to kind of like mark where Jews are within. And during the Sabbath, you can't do manual labor or anything considered manual labor, or you can do manual labor within that line. I think yeah, that's what it is. Exactly. It's it's uh, basically like if you don't have it, the rules get a lot stricter. But when you right. have it, you know, like you can, I think, carry stuff on Shabbat, for example. Um, right. And right. I never, I never observed Shabbat on that level. Although yeah. I've been in places where I like had to play the part for a little bit. <laughs> she was like, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do it now, Grandma, because you're here. <laughs> No, no, yeah, no, like, uh, yeah, no, just because my brother got really religious and Mm. the one that's most like me in terms of like traveling and love for languages and and, um, cultures, like he happened to get super religious. Right. Uh, Yeah. What is it like? Like, I mean, the world is always gonna look for something to be divided against. Like they can... They can wipe all our memories and just throw like 10 of us on, on an island somewhere and we have no recollection of the past. But we'll look for some way, maybe, oh, everyone wearing red come this way and everyone wearing uh-huh. blue go this way. We'll look for for some way to be segregated. For people like you and me who have um, been privileged enough to experience other cultures, other religions, other places, um, what's one thing that you can tell people listening to this podcast that hey if you know it's not that bad if you approach it this way and there's a world of learning out there what's one thing you know most people tend to say music but besides like music and food and things like that what are some of the things that you think uh people can use to learn about other cultures other religions and maybe just increase their understanding and even and learn things that they didn't know before type mm. thing mm-hmm Damn, that's such a good question. I mean, kind of back to what I said earlier on, maybe like nobody has it all figured out, you know, Mm -hmm. like I personally don't love this idea of intelligence as like linear thing, right? Of like this IQ score and I'm a little smarter than you. I see Mm. it more as like categorical, um, more be more holistic. And so I think like, every in a way and I've I've never really articulated like this but um, every culture has their own like category of intelligence if you will right which it makes so much sense like apples they always say like Adam picked the apple tree but it's like yeah it's probably a pomegranate because like apples weren't over there yet (laughs) right like apple the only reason you can get an apple in every country today is because somebody you know, whatever Johnny Appleseed spread, I don't know who did it, but like even something as simple as that, like you're not going to have any medicine that comes from an apple or whatever, if, if it's not native to your area. So um, I guess globalization or, or people migrating, you're, you're going to learn. That's a very like tangible one. Right. But, you know, I used to be kind of afraid of, of Christianity and Jesus, but um because of people trying to like convert me growing up um I had a really bad relationship with like Christianity um Mm. because 
um, as much as I like that was part of the culture shock too like there were kids at my public school that I was the first two they ever met and they genuine they they would say like so you don't believe in Jesus and I was like no or I probably would be like he seems like a great guy but like do I believe he's a son of God like no that's not what I was taught and I just think there's this God I don't know about this uh, you know sorry we're waiting on the Messiah to come you know like and once they'd find that out they'd get really concerned for me and they didn't want me to burn in all eternity and like sometimes aggressively trying to to get me to accept Jesus as my savior and so what I'm so lucky for is that life happened to me where I got to work at this Christian school and there I like made my first um like religious Christian friend who was able to have these intellectual conversations with me and kind of Mm. teach me from like a more of a historical uh just really like be the first like I think like intellectual Christian friend I had and and I don't know I'm really grateful for that because before I might have might have written it off like and and I even to this day I'm not even a religious person but people are so um burnt by their own religion that they just think all religion is soup and all what's his name um this guy he's super makes all the documentaries he made religious or whatever and he's like all wars are from religion I'm like it might be more from like territory identity like other like that that's cool that you want to simplify it to that but and I don't think you need religion for morality and I don't think if you don't have a religion or you're atheist I I'm not it's fine. I just think a lot of people have a bad experience with their religion. And then they're like, this is terrible for everyone. And I'm like, I don't know, like, maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Like, some, I don't know, just it could be random things. Like I heard the prophet Muhammad was really big on personal hygiene. Um, And I think that's really cool. I think it's really cool how, and when Muslim people pray, they wash their there's a whole ritual of washing your hands and like other places on your body to before you pray like Mm -hmm. um jews do that too we wash our hands too sometimes and do a blessing there so yeah yeah and i could feel uh, when you when you're talking about the you um maybe not being taught that um jesus was necessarily a son of god I, i could feel it through the headphones, Nigerian Christian listening to, to this, say, preach to her, preach to her. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I'm not no, going to do that. Great. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's very possible for different religions to coexist and, and, and people to be tolerant yeah. of each other's point of views. You know, no, no one is, is right or wrong, you know, and we all have something to feel. learn, you well, know, that, from one another. But this is a question, Nosa is like, I 100% agree with that, but something that I struggle with, not to like be ethnocentric, but we are here. To t- I w- did want to share some of the good things about Judaism. Like, it definitely teach me, definitely Judaism values or Jewish culture, however, like values like critical thinking and like living in the gray and things are complicated. And these two seemingly contradicting things can both be true at the same time, right? Mm. It's like, that that's i'd say that's a value um and the and i do is that, think is that why sorry to cut you short is that why different rabbis have different interpretations of certain things yeah because i think i've i've come across 
on some subjects while I lived in DC, while people looked at it this way. And then when I come to Colorado, I hear something different. So there's no universal, like different rabbis might have different interpretation. And that's why some synagogues are so big because everyone gravitates towards how that particular rabbi thinks. And then if he dies or moves and then everyone kind of like moves to something else, is that kind of like an accurate? I would say that like, and this is where my like, Jewish knowledge is definitely like cut short and I used to be able to answer these questions better but yeah like there's there's a Torah and then you have all these subtexts and a lot of those subtexts are rabbis opinions and it's like very Mm. legal like it's very it's very much like law right like the U.S. Constitution type yeah yeah and you've got (laughs) all these precedents and all these cases and but with all that said, something, and this gets, can get maybe a little philosophical, but like, um, I said the word ethnocentric earlier. I like that word because it's like that idea that your worldview based on, I, I wouldn't say your ethnicity, but based on your culture is better, better than others. And it, that's the interesting thing about religion, right? Like you could change your religion. So if you are practicing religion, don't you kind of inherently think it's better than the others, right? Like (laughs) if I thought Islam or Christianity was quote better, maybe I'd convert. I don't see it like that. I I don't think you think it's better. I think uh, to to start with, you're just oblivious of the others. You don't know, like you said, you grew up in a community thinking that this is the whole world and everyone is a Jew because you don't even know others exist. And then when you know others exist, you might be like, huh, oh, there are other stuff out there. And yeah maybe you think yours is superior or maybe you just think you're more enlightened but i think it starts from a place of ignorance of not even knowing there are other true. stuff out there and no, you know that can then lead to other things you know right type of thing. so but then you find out about it and then if you don't change at that point and i don't think i, I again like this is great i don't think that i think it's better but i struggle with that like I, I'm not a religious enough person to convert to another one anyways, but like, right. and actually some Jew, like very religious Jews might say that I'm not Jewish because my mom didn't convert in an Orthodox synagogue. Right. So like even my own back to the, maybe a little bit of the tribalism, right. Like <laughs> even people in my end group probably don't think I'm. Oh, enough. your mo- your mother didn't grow up Jewish. Correct. Yeah. My uh, mom. I see. Mm-hmm. And I come from a line of that. Like I found out later in life, my dad, my dad, my dad's father married someone who converted to Judaism too. We got a long line of Saul's finding non-Jewish women and getting them to convert, I guess. (laughs) Got it. And Saul being your last name, just for context. Yeah, yeah, exactly. S-A-L-L. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, this, this is very interesting. What does Rachel look forward to, uh, you know, places you want to visit, things you want to do with your life, um, you know, and, and you're getting married in a few months, so congratulations, like moving to the next stage of your life. What do you look forward to accomplishing, experiencing, correcting, you know, all that stuff in the future? <sighs> correcting, that was deep. <laughs> um, you know... We'll see. We'll see. Uh, kind of get married and in, in, in my hometown in April. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, future me. I mean, I'd, I'd love to be a mom, Nosa. I'd love to. I've always wanted to have kids. So uh, we'll see. Been working on that for a while. And 
as a sub, you know, something I'm passionate about women's health. So I don't personally think it should be something we don't talk about of like that always, it's not always very easy to, to make that happen. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's a a journey um, that I've been going through and that's ahead of me, but you know, there's, there's only so much in your control and we'll see. Si Dios quiere, if God wants, if God wills it, we'll, <laughs> we'll, it. we'll find out. But Got yeah, it. yeah, that, I guess that's what I think of in my future plans. Got it. No, I can, you and I, I, can you and I it. could make a business together, a little microfinance, something. Yeah, I mean, you never know. You never know. <laughs> it's always, you know, just like, um, and I think the business world, to be honest, has been one thing that has taught me to see things from other people's perspective, like, you know, my traveling and whatnot and, and experiences did help. But in the business world, because everyone has this commonality in business, right? It's okay. We're working towards a certain goal. And depending on where you are, if it's a business, if it's a nonprofit, there's always an objective within an organization, right? And yeah, you tend to get to know your coworkers or business partners or whatnot eventually, but that's after the fact. So, you know, that that's also taught me to say, okay, what are the commonalities that we have? Because, you know, I heard this statement um, years ago that everyone is still part of the same race in a way, the human race, because if we have an alien invasion, like all this shit is going to, you know, not yeah. matter and everyone's going to band together anyway to fight yeah. for our survival. Um, for sure. But, you know, um, I think, you know, we, we are better off kind of like focusing on the similarities rather than the differences. And that's why, you know, I appreciate having this podcast for which I've been doing for like five years since since American University's School of Communication days when I was recording this uh, back in the day. But um, yeah, it just gives me the opportunity to talk to people like you, broaden my horizon, um, get something oh, recorded, yeah. and, and maybe some of our listeners can also enhance. You know, I've been I've had the opportunity to to flip this podcast into a more pop culture. Oh, let's talk about Kanye and Kim's divorce type thing. But Mm-mm. those aren't conversations I'm really interested yeah. in. Shout out to anyone who does that. But um, <laughs> I'm just interested in more conversations like this that you know I can just talk to people who yeah. um, don't necessarily um, are from the same place I come from. And we can just have yeah. those conversations. So, man, a hundred uh, and a hundred. Like back to what you said, like you mentioned it earlier, like, you feel like if we were all wearing blue shirts or whatever, you'd pick the people wearing the other color. Like, I studied peace and conflict resolution at American, and they were, like, um, just talking about, like, othering people, and so to your point, yeah, like, when the aliens come, they're going to be the others, and we're all going to bond over the fact that we're, like, what, like, 99% the same genetically, everyone. (laughs) So, like, Right. So, um, you know, it's all about like unlearning too. like to to a point, like we're not taught like, oh, by the way, learning about this other culture or or religion or people is going to improve your life, like even just straight selfishly, like it'll improve your experience on this earth. But mm-hmm. we're not really taught that. So you kind of have to like, um, I mean, if we're lucky, we are, right? But right. Um, I think you can you you can learn it through experience um, and of loving other people, like, and love in a very basic, like, 
connection kind of way. Um, yeah. I, de- I definitely think like, God, I'm getting so religious on this podcast, but like maybe just so blessed that I had specifically Arab friends in college because if there was anyone that I had a deep, like a subconscious bias against with the Zionist education might have been Arabs, right? So like, All right. then yeah, but I don't know. Back yeah. to, you, I just think that's a theory I kind of came up with when I was young and it's very basic, very basic, but aren't the most profound truths just so simple? Like, I All think right. you have to love someone and it could be a friend. It could be like, again, I'm using love loosely, like to kind of um, allow you to like really uh, let go of maybe some biases you were holding that you didn't know. But like the, oh God, so hippies, but like love is the anecdote because you can't really simultaneously have that like hate or um, anger in your heart while you're also like, when you love that person, it's really, really hard to have at the same time. And I'm sure it's possible, but I guess I'm, I guess I love pretty easily. So I'm really lucky that just different kind of people have come my life because I think they kind of yeah. helped increase, increase, widen that intelligence, right? You got, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, totally understand. You know, I can mm-hmm. definitely have a love hate relationship with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> but that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, I think you could like say it on paper, like, I respect trans rights. But then if you have like a good trans friend, like, then you can actually, like, I feel like almost go, you're going to go deeper. You got to like have, if you care about someone from that group, for example you're going to go a lot deeper and that that's not a way you can't really shortcut your way to that point. I feel like it has to get there. So they're like, or maybe that, sorry, that is the shortcut. That is a shortcut is like, you know, you you love somebody or whatever and you care about somebody and then it kind of happens for you. Right. Right. There's always a starting point, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it takes time and it all starts with, like you said, love, um, curiosity, things Mm -hmm. like that, tolerance. And then, you know, it builds from there type mm-hmm. thing yeah um but yeah this has been a pretty interesting conversation I mean, rachel and i went to the same college by the way well not at the same time you went there for undergrad i went there for graduate school and i think i must have gotten a year after you finished or something like right. that like 2017 uh, when did you go again i i went 2017 to 2019 american university okay. Colgat school of business and i think you graduated 2017 no no I graduated 2012 but oh, 2012. yeah like oh, yeah okay. but but still like we just missed each other yeah 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 oh, on <laughs> AU's campus uh, I'm sure a lot happened between 2012 and 2017 but yeah SIS uh and and it was all right there uh SIS, yeah. Colgad, SOC and all those things so um yeah it is crazy yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, Rachel. Uh, thank you so much. Um, typically, I I would ask people to to jump to like drop drop their social media handles for people to reach out to continue the conversation, connect with them. Uh, but you're not really too much into social media, so I don't know how's one way uh, people can maybe get in touch with you. If someone listens to this and maybe wants to ask you a question or oh, continue yes. the conversation somehow. Send me a text nine zero four. 
Oh, where are you going? <laughs> Don't put your phone number out there. No, no, no. Oh, you think no. that you think they're gonna blow me up? No, don't put your phone number out there. Maybe like a Facebook or, or LinkedIn or something, something else. I don't yeah, know. Ah, no, I give them my text. Okay, that's a first. All no, right, you, you can gotta go ahead keep then. it. You don't remember, like, <laughs> so yeah, like hit me Not, up on the text message. I, okay, let's let's do it this way. Like, if you yeah, want no, to reach out to Rachel, <laughs> you I can, want like. If, you if, sure? if stranger are strangers from the podcast texting me, you know how how big my head's gonna get. You <laughs> right. know how cool. I mean, like, you know I'm this gonna is gonna live on the internet forever, right? You don't want to have after ten thousand people who have access oh, to hell your, yeah, I do. to your. This is what I'm okay. Yeah, and this is this is the thing. This I love strangers, so like, yeah, like this is this is tight. Like, if someone texts me, I will be so excited. Are you kidding me? Interesting. Okay, go ahead. All right, nine oh four. Three four nine five zero six zero. Thank you. There we go. Thank you so much, <laughs> Rachel, for coming on. Uh, it's been another episode of Culture Class Podcast. Uh, you can reach out to Culture Class Podcast via our website, cultureclasspodcast.com. Send us an email, chat us up on social media. Uh, and, you know, let's continue to have these conversations. Um, really appreciate the people I've met so far over the years on this podcast. And Rachel... Thanks again. And till we meet maybe later in the week or something. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'll let you know before I release this. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, no, so thank you for inviting me. It was really fun. Yeah. All right, everyone. Till next episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>